All right. Welcome back to Speak Your Peace podcast. Uh, we're finally getting going after some technical difficulties. My name is Ian McNaughton, Big E. Pleased to be joined by SYP creator, uh, basketball guy, good dude, uh, Alex Fujimagari Fuji. What's going on, big guy? How, how's, it, how's it hanging? It's hanging, man. It's hanging. How are you, Big E? I'm, I'm good, thank you. But good to be potting. Good to be talking, uh, talking some hoops with you. That's what we're discussing. NBA, uh, basketball. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a basketball pod, so I'm glad to have you on to discuss some basketball stuff. Uh, we, we, you know, we got some draft stuff that we're going to talk about. We got some free agency stuff. We maybe are going to talk some uh, summer league. Um, we'll do a little bit team by team. We'll discuss some teams. Um, this is our second take at trying to discuss the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Fuji, Atlanta, they traded for DeJounte Murray. They traded away Kevin Herter. Thoughts on the Atlanta Hawks offseason so far? I think it's been a pretty successful offseason. Um, they got the guy they wanted in DeJounte. Um, you know, they picked up, they got rid of a few picks, but DeJounte's a pretty young player anyways, 25 years old. Um, it was pretty low asking price, in my opinion. I thought DeJounte was going to be a bit of higher asking price from the Spurs. But, you know, they got the guy. Um, I think he's going to be able to mainly unlock Trey Young, allow him to play off the ball, kind of the Stephen Curry, Golden State style of play, as well as being able to unlock guys like John Collins, Clint Capella, just having two very good passers uh, on the floor. Um, not everything's reliant on Trey to make plays. I think that was one issue with the Hawks is that Trey was kind of forced to be the entire offense at times. And it worked the year before. Um, guys were healthier. Guys were playing better this year. A bit more injuries. Um, kind of figured out Trey's style of play. Um, so I think just being able to help Trey on offense and defense, uh, DeJounte Murray, I think it's a huge pickup. Um because, I mean, this team was weird last year, I thought. It's kind of like you said, um, you know, the trade thing worked two, th- two years ago. It didn't really quite work this season. Now they got a guy to help them. Probably the second – probably are, are you, you know, I think maybe the best player that Trey has played with, DeJounte Murray, would be. I would say so. Uh, y- you know, people are going to talk about the draft picks. It's a lot to get Murray, but you got him for two more years. He's only 25. You would think you would re-sign him when the time comes in two years from now. Um, where do we see the Hawks next year? Like, they're a playoff team. Are they a top five team in the East, do we think? Or are they probably in the five to eight range? I think they're probably in the four to seven range. Four to seven range? Know. Never know how injuries are going to go. Maybe John Collins is injured again, or they make more moves. Um, centering on John Collins or Clint Capella. Um, you know, Phoenix could be looking at acquiring John Collins and DeAndre in trade. Um, you never know. But um, I think they have a lot of potential. Like they're a pretty young team. Just how consistent everyone's going to be and how well Trey will adjust and what the coaching staff will do to kind of get DeJounte and Trey going. I would love to see them do an eight and move. I think that'd be really cool. I don't know what that trade would look like. Like I'm guessing it's maybe Collins or Capella going back the other way for Aiden. I but I'd like, so. yeah. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Boston Celtics. 
coming off a finals appearance. Mm-hmm. They had a pretty good year, more or less. Um, maybe a year ahead of schedule, according to some. You know, I don't know if this was the the best Boston team that we've seen, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if this was the best version of that Celtics team. They acquired Malcolm Brogdon for essentially a 2023 first-round pick. The rest of the players involved in that deal, I don't know how you feel about Nick Stauskas, but... Legend. Yes. Um, they got, you know, Danilo Gallinari on a two-year deal. He was in the Trey Young, or not the Trey Young, the DeJounte Murray trade, too, speaking of which. So, you know, Gallinari's names are pretty big, you know, pretty relevant here in the opening part. Um, what are the Celtics, are the Celtics missing anything? Or do they just kind of go run it back more or less with the team they had last year? I think you're just running it back. Um you pretty much have all the same guys, but you've improved at certain positions, like the point guard position. Uh, you've improved at the forward position with Gallinari um, off the bench. Um, it's probably going to be Marcus Smart getting pushed to the bench. Um, or, you know, or maybe he won't be. Um, not sure how the lineup's going to look exactly, but they have a lot to play around now. You could do, like, you could have a guard lineup with, uh, Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon. You could have Derek White starting. Um, you could kind of have Tatum or Brown play the four. I think the team's really versatile. They have a lot of ability to switch around positions. Um, just they just got more guys, more consistent guys, and I think they'll you know be as good as be much better than last year. I think. I mean, looking at this team, it kind of feels like there's still like one. I don't want to say center, but at least another big man away from being like an elite team, like being another tier up. But I'm saying that as if they didn't just make the finals this past year and they could possibly still do it with the same roster. Yeah, I think they put in a lot of trust in Al Horford. He definitely performed um, during the playoffs, um, especially in that last series against in the Eastern Conference finals against Miami, Um, even against the Bucks. Um, he still proved that, you know, he's still got a lot left in the tank. Um, you know, I, I think I think the Celtics are good. Like, I think it's hard to find a really solid big man right now without giving up a ton. Yeah. Like, if they were trying to get Miles Turner, they'd probably have to give up somebody kind of key. Um, you know, but I like the Malcolm Brogdon pickup. Pick up. They didn't have to give up very much, obviously. And I think he fits right into their system where um, – same role Marcus Smart was doing to try and create plays, but Malcolm Brogdon's just a much better offensive player. He's better at driving and getting in the lane and finishing or passing. He's much better at shooting as well. He's able to like create his own shot. Um, yeah, Marcus Smart definitely struggled with that and kind of hurt their offense at times, but yeah, I think this team will do quite well. And I mean, Brogdon, again, he just has to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, if he can just stay healthy, that's kind of been a knack on him in his career. But, like, he can stay healthy, you know. It's I, a, would, I think I would blame the Pacers medical staff. Over yeah, <laughs> I, think that, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, you know, if, if, he, if he can stay healthy and you assume he can maybe ask in 82 games is a lot of him, but if you're getting mm-hmm. 70 games out of Malcolm Brogdon, I think you got a really good, you know, top five 
really good, you know, five guys from the Celtics with kind of, again, however you want to go with Tatum, Brown, Brogdon, Smart Horford, whoever, like you got, you got, you got, you have a really good, you know, rotation of five guys that they put on the floor at any given time. Um, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. They're a fun team to talk about, right? Yep. Uh, um, there's Ky- Kyrie and KD drama. Mm-hmm. In terms of actual moves they made, they got Royce O'Neal for a first round pick. Which I would have uh, to say that is probably so far the worst trade I've seen in this. In really? This I would say it definitely is. Um, you, you, you went and got a veteran that doesn't shoot the ball very well. Um, he's good on de- he's decent on defense. Um, you know, you could see in that play you could see in that playoff series versus the Warriors, like when they were losing, he was visibly upset, just running around like hurting people. Um, you know, I think that it just wasn't a very good move for the Nets. Like it just doesn't based on like Kyrie and KD and just having Ben Simmons, like I felt like they just need to start rebuilding it. Not looking to try and make things better and try and like play around Kyrie KD because you could move both of them very easily this offseason. Um, as well, like signing like a veteran that doesn't add a ton of value to your team isn't helpful. So, what you're saying is that it's poor asset management if you're Brooklyn, if you're trading a first round pick for Royce O'Neal and then you're using, I guess, cap space to get TJ Warren. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have been talking about how stacked next year's draft class is. Like, I've heard, I've, I can't really tell you names off the top of my head. Um, like Victor Wembanyama. Um, you know, I can't. Really, I can. I can see faces in my head. I know. I know who it is. I just don't know <laughs> who they are. You know. Um, like the next year's draft class is so stacked that the Knicks didn't even use a first round pick this year. That that yeah. is how stacked it is, um, and also the Spurs gave away Dejounte Murray for three first round picks for because the draft class is so stacked and they're trying to get specific people in the draft class. Um, I just felt like giving up a first round pick in a stacked draft class to acquire like a veteran that's on like an expiring or two year contract isn't very smart. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with you. Um... I don't know what Brooklyn does. I don't know what the move is for the Nets. I don't know if they just trade both Kyrie and Durant. Um, the problem with both of those guys is that their markets are very limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, yeah. Kyrie's is probably limited to about three or four teams, and about probably two teams would actually probably have beneficial trades for both. Um, I think... Kevin Durant's obviously a much bigger market. People are willing to give up a lot for KD. It just depends how much the Nets want to ask for. But we've seen the Nets make um, pretty good trades, I guess I would say. Like just being able to pick up um, players. Even when after they did that whole like Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, like Deron Williams super team where they're all like 40 years old. Um you know, after that, even without picks, they because Boston owned all their picks, they're still able to build like a decent team. They have that D'Lo Dinwiddie team. 
um, that went against the Sixers in the first round that one year. And that was without any real draft picks. He's just picking up young guys. Um, it's it, it's just good asset right. management. It's just using yeah, your asset, good asset management. Not Royce O'Neal asset management. So if you had to put a bet today, not that mm-hmm. we're a betting company, but if you were to put a bet, place a bet on, on somebody or something, would you place a bet on the Nets missing the playoffs or making the playoffs next year? Definitely missing. Okay. I think I think after unless they can get like a high impact player for Kyrie and KD and it works well, I think and they have like a good pairing. Um, I think it's going to be very tough to actually do anything about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of really competitive teams now. I think in the NBA, I think you're either really competitive or you're not competitive at all. I think that's just kind of how it is. And I think if you're semi-competitive, you're probably like around a 10th seed or lower. Um, I should also note that Brooklyn re-signed Patty Mills and Nick Claxton. Just, you know, just, mm-hmm. it, just to mention that. They did, they did other stuff. Um, Charlotte Hornets. Probably not re-signing Miles Bridges. Probably not. Um... Seems like they're letting Montrezl Harrell walk. Mm-hmm. They rehired Steve Clifford as head coach. Might trade Gordon Hayward. I don't know. I don't know what else. What else uh, Charlotte's going to be doing here uh, in the off season. Um, I don't no, know. We'll see. There's definitely potential for things to happen. Um, you know. I think just building around Lamelo is obviously the best way to go about it. Um, I don't know whether other teams have interest in Miles Bridges, but you know you could definitely do sign and trade option kind of things. Um, you know, I think definitely Gordon Hayward should probably be on the move. Terry Rozier is probably on the move. Um, just trying to get valuable young players or first round picks next year, even second round picks. Um, just to try and get. Players around Lamelo definitely look try and look at DeAndre Ayton or uh, Miles Turner this offseason. I, I I just this team could do anything, and I believe it. Like this team could like just go either all in, like try and go like their version of all in by you know trading for Miles Turner. You know I I I've heard maybe people are like ah maybe they go for Westbrook. And it's just like how much sense that makes. I don't know, but I would believe it. They, I also feel like they would be, you know, trading Kelly Oubre and Gordon Hayward and just rebuilding whatever that is. And it's just like I don't know. I don't know what the Hornets. They're they they definitely seem like the prototypical uh, fringe team. Yeah, definitely a fringe playoff team. We don't need to talk about Charlotte anymore. That, that's more than enough talk about the Hornets. Um, Chicago. Yeah. You, know, you know, Chicago's actually a, an interesting case study. They lost to Milwaukee in the first round last year. Mm-hmm. They re-signed Le- Zach Levine. They added Andre Drummond, who I actually think, like, Drummond could be I – I, I now see him as, like, a JaVale McGee 
Dwight Howard type, like as a guy who like puts in like ten to fifteen minutes in a game. He's valuable in the playoffs because he'll get you bucket or he'll well he'll get you boards. He'll get you some rebounds. You know he just, he's a big man. He has he has an impact, but only for about ten or fifteen minutes, and you don't want him on the floor any more than that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel with Drummond. And I kind of like the Bulls' attitude of just like, yeah, I think we will run it back with Levine, yeah. DeRozan, Vucevic. Um, I I, I kind of like what the Bulls are doing here. I don't know if it's going to win them a championship, but I like what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely be better next season. Um, you know, Patrick Williams hopefully healthy, and hopefully he'll understand his role and kind of contribute. Um, you know, it's kind of weird when you're kind of a tank tanking team, and the next the next year you're you come back, you get an injury, you come back later in the year, and you're you know trying to be a deep playoff team. Um, I think Andre Drummond's really good pickup. Uh, Chicago Bulls were bottom of the in the league in offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. Um, you know, I think Andre Drummond will definitely help with that. I'm, I'm kind of sad that they didn't pick up any like shot blockers like Whiteside or um, JaVale McGee. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to have a second big man beside Andre Drummond or beside Andre Drummond or Vucevic, um, just because they do play that true five position, and they're not very mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I mean, if you, if you had to go with somebody, Drummond's. I don't. Know, I don't want to say he's a better version of kind of what you're looking for, but I do know what you mean with a shot block of like a dude who um, has has that interior presence. Yeah, we have credit though. He has very he has very quick hands, and he will get a lot of deflections. It's just that you know it's not like you're protecting the paint super yeah. well. Um, you know, he is a big guy. Obviously, you don't want to like run into him, but you know, you just don't have that like. You just don't have the ability to go up and swat shots. I will say, I do, I do like, you know, some of their depth guy. I mean, Caruso's not really a, a depth guy, but I like Caruso um, in, in, in Chicago. Uh, Ayo Dosonmu. Mm-hmm. Do I, I, I bought that name? It. I think you got it. I think you got it. Um, you know, I like, I like him coming out of Illinois. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he, you know, he would make sense for whatever team. Uh, Kobe White, obviously. Like I like him as you know, a nice depth piece as well. A guy who can replace either Lons, one of the guards. He can come in and replace a guard when needed. Um, you know, I I, I kind of like where the Bulls are going here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if Lonzo's healthy during the playoffs, I think that'll make a world of difference for them next season. And maybe don't play Milwaukee in the first round. Maybe don't play the Bucks. Um, let's let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is another interesting team. Another another interesting case. Um, we're still waiting on Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. Still waiting to see. Um, basically, is he returning to Cleveland? Is he not returning to Cleveland? Whatever. We're waiting on the Colin Sexton thing. But I mean, otherwise, you know, Darius Garland got a contract extension. You know, Rubio, Robin Lopez signed for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 
they're most for the most part they're running it back. Like Evan Mobley had a really good year last year. Laurie Markkinen had a really good year last year. You know the Karis Levert trade we talked about was kind of a low key deal that made sense for them at the time. You know they got they got Jared Allen. I like I like this team. Even Kevin Love is still still kicking it with the Cavs. Kevin Love is still still around. I, I like the Cavs. I don't know if they're a championship team. I don't know. Again, they're kind of like Chicago. They're like two tiers below like the top teams. Like they're still good, but they're not there yet. Um, do we think Cleveland takes another step this year? I think they will, just because they're such a young team. Um, you know, like the core of their teams is like one of them's a rookie. Like Evan Mobley's a was a rookie. Um, going to year two, hopefully he doesn't hit that uh, sophomore slump. That's pretty common. Uh, I don't. I think most players actually don't have a sophomore slump. It's more that there's less media attention on them, unless they were like super good in the rookie season. But I think Evan Mobley will be super impactful, anyways. Um, great like, all-defensive team level player. Um, you know, I think, honestly, in my opinion, he did get robbed of rookie of the year. I mean, it's pretty close between them, but I think Evan Mobley had the edge because I think he's contributing more on his team, in my opinion. I think Scotty is a bit more, like, flashy. He's able to do stuff more, um, kind of more versatile. But I think Evan Mobley was just better at what he did. That's my hot take, I guess. Okay. Um. You know, I think, especially if they get Colin Sexton next year, uh, I'm kind of interested on how their lineup will go then because Colin Sexton missed, missed that entire season, and we saw that they had that lineup, uh, Garland, Levert, uh, Markkinen. Markkinen missed some time, even though he was doing quite well, and then Mobley and Jared Allen. Uh, we'll see, you know, maybe Levert gets pushed to the bench or maybe they go with a smaller lineup. I wouldn't even say it's like a smaller lineup just because it would be the little undersized with Levert at the three, but um, they have a lot of potential, like a lot of young guys, a lot of guys they can use. Um, I think they'll improve, because just at that end of the year, you know, Alan, Darren Allen had the hand injury, thumb, I believe. Um, Laurie Markkinen was kind of missing a lot of time. Obviously, no Colin Sexton. Hopefully, you know, they still have him next year. I would also like to add that they did draft Evan Mobley's brother in the second round, Isaiah Mobley. A uh, huge pickup. Hopefully he's just as good as Evan Mobley. Huge as in he's also a big man. He is also a big guy. This this is the this could be the uh the first time that the Cavs win fifty games since the last LeBron year. Now they did have their best record since their last LeBron this year. So yeah. we'll see. Um I, I like the Cavs. I like the Bulls. We're going to move it over to the West. This is an interesting team as well. The Dallas Mavericks. So the Mavericks traded for Christian Wood, mm-hmm. lost Jalen Brunson, signed JaVale McGee. I like their pieces, but I feel like they could use just another score mm-hmm. outside of Luka. What are, what are your thoughts on the Mavericks? Um, I really like the Christian Wood move. Um, I think he's he was kind of wasting a little bit of his time in Houston. He was very, I thought he was doing very well when he was there in that brief time with Harden. Uh, he seemed to be a great piece alongside him. Harden obviously wanted to go to Brooklyn instead um, or the Sixers, but you know that just didn't happen. 
he didn't get to the Sixers first. He went to the Nets first. Um, eventually made his way to the Sixers. But Christian Wood, I think, he's super versatile, big man. Um, he can shoot. He can score. He can put the ball on the floor. Uh, he can make he can make enough reads just on his own. Like just super versatile, skilled offensive player. Um, you know, and he's a good shot blocker. I think the one issue with Christian Wood is that maybe his defense wasn't, you know, he wasn't always on it. I think that also happens if you're playing for, you know, a lottery team in the Rockets. But, you know, I'm hoping that with the chance to, you know, win a lot more and have, you know, like teammates like Luka Doncic on your team or just have like a guy helping you, advising you like JaVale McGee, legend, championship DNA. Um you know, I think he'll probably be more invested on defense. And I, I hope he puts on, like, I hope he puts on some weight because I can very easily imagine, like, a Dallas-Denver series where Nikola Jokic just bullies Christian Wood. Like, Nikola Jokic usually has, like, 100 pounds on Christian Wood. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough look. Um, I mean, I, I think kind of to your point, Christian Wood – um, like he, like things ran its course in Houston. Like it didn't, it didn't work out the way he thought it was going to just because Harden left. So it put, it put Wood in this really awkward spot. Um, but I mean, with Luca, anything's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like anything's possible with the Mavs. Yeah, they are definitely, in my opinion, still like one guy off, like another guard or just like a good forward, like Bradley Beal. If they could have afforded them, I don't know how that works now. Um, or even if they'd had just kept Jalen Brunson, I think they would have still been better. You know, this is kind of how it goes. But I'm I'm just kind of concerned with the Luca list minutes. Obviously, having Luca on the floors, you know. You know, he's one of the best players in the game right now. But it's just like the Luka list minutes, like who is going to be making plays? Who is going to kind of set teammates up? I don't really see them with a guard that has that much playmaking potential. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a good shot creator, but I don't know how he could make, if he could make plays for his team. It's 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 really tough for myself to like get behind a team with like Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway Jr., as potential starters? I don't think they'll start. I think the starting lineup will be Luka Doncic, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, and Christian Wood. Also, shout out Davis Bertans. <laughs> yes, he did get one of those cardio, famous cardio games in, in the playoffs. I Here's the thing. I liked Bertans when he was in San Antonio like because he was, you know, he, he was a really good value guy. It's like a dude who could just shoot threes and he was on a cheap enough deal. And then Washington paid way too much for him. And so then it was like, okay, well, now he's not really valuable. And then you also, like, <laughs> you also ruined the one thing that he could do and he could shoot. And, like, then he was, like, a 30% three-point shooter. It's like, well, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, now he's in Dallas and now he's getting paid still quite a bit to shoot. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be useful. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe it's just better in Texas than D.C. Maybe it's the, the Texas heat that'll help. Yep. So, Dallas, 
We touched on them. Denver Nuggets. Let's talk about the Nuggets. Um, it's really they're just. I think, in my, in my opinion, they really are just waiting for Jamal Murray to be back, right? Yep. I think as soon as I think it's similar to like Golden State, where they're just waiting for their players to come back, and then they're going to be easily contenders. Like the way the way Jokic is getting them like a middle seed on his own without two starters, his two other highest paid players. Um, you know, and even Will Barton was missing a ton of time this year. So three of their starters missing out most of this year, uh, and Aaron Gordon being the only guy to kind of support him, even though he didn't really step up this year, which I was a bit disappointed about. But you know, you're just waiting to be healthy, waiting to waiting for your time to shine. Well, and, it, and you're waiting to be healthy, but you're also waiting on like a top 25, top 20 player in the league to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's also not easy because you, you can't really replace that. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, maybe that's why they got KCP. Maybe they got KCP to, top you know. Player. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, in my NBA top five right now, at number, four, <laughs> at number four, I have KCP when the game doesn't matter. When 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 the team has a large lead, KCP is the best player in the league. Uh, KCP garbage time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know they got KCP and Ish Smith, uh, for Will Barton, Monte Morris. Sure, okay. Swap. I think KCP is better than both those guys, but <sighs> it's tough as a Lakers fan trying to talk myself into KCP, where it's like. There's enough times where, like, like, you know, how do I put this? For every one thing that KCP did right or, with, you know, one time that he's playing well, there was, like, four or five games when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, why can't you play, like, that one time more often? Why can't you be more consistent in that regard? Yeah, man, he did get a ring. 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 Um. Again, I don't know if there's a lot else to say about Denver. They're just waiting for Jamal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of like the their their pieces as well. Michael Porter Jr. is a, a, a you know probably a solid bench option at this point. I don't know if he's going to be getting some starting time too. I think he will be starting. I think just the value, like the just the ability, the shooting ability, shot making ability. I think if you're, I think Jokic just needed the strong shooters around him. Didn't they also give Porter Jr. like the big extension as well? Like I feel like they have like they they kind of have to start him now based on that extension. Yeah, I think he he'll still you know has to be very impactful. Just the shoot you don't lose the shooting ability really like, and you know he's hard to guard. He's like six nine six ten, and he can shoot. You know, if he can come back and play defense as well, you know, he'll be insanely impactful in the Nuggets. All right. Here, another interesting team. This this team, a lot of good vibes, I think, surrounding this team. The Detroit Pistons. Many people are saying they won the draft mm-hmm. by getting Jaden Ivey, uh, Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I like how their roster is with you know Kate Cunningham. Sadiq Bay, 
I even like I don't mind a little bit of you know Bagley. Bag bag you know. Marvin Bagley in moderation. Um, are we, we like the? Do we like the Pistons? They're not a playoff team, but like the rebuild feels like it's in a good position. Like it seems like the Pistons are are heading in the right direction here. Yeah, I think they definitely got you know they got the guy they wanted in the draft. Obviously, Ivy. You know, he put in his own little work to get there. Um, he didn't give his medical or workout for the Kings, so he did. Which you know. Big, big respect, big respect to the dude who doesn't want to play in Sacramento. I get you. I understand. Yeah, yeah. He saw how Tyrese Halliburton went down, so he he knew. He already knew. Um, no, I think Jaden Ivey is going to be really impactful. It's like slashing a slashing guard, kind of point guard, shooting guard. Um, you know, his draft comparison was Russell Westbrook. He has that athleticism and that shot making ability. Um, playmaking ability. I think it'll be really good with Cade. Cade's obviously got strong playmaking, passing, shooting ability. Um, I think, you know, Jay and Ivy being able to drive and kick or just, you know, Cade can find them. Cade can spread the floor for him as well. I think it'll be a good team uh, in a couple years. I mean, shout out the Canadians also on this team. You have Kelly Olenek. You have Corey Joseph. Yeah, this is the this is the third Canadian team after the Raptors and the Pacers. <laughs> um, also, college connection. Uh, shout out uh, Buddy Beheim, uh, Jim Beheim's kid, uh, who basically got a free ride through Syracuse, and now the kid's going to be playing, trying trying to play NBA basketball with the Pistons, uh, but instead he'll probably be playing for the G League team. You would think. Um, well done. Uh, we're, we'll take a break here. We're going to discuss some more teams here, but we're going to take a, our first break. We'll be right back. All right. Uh, we're back here. Next team on the discussion list is the Golden State Warriors who won a championship, won a title, uh, by all accounts are good. Um, you know, they got Jordan Poole back. They lost Gary Payton. They added Dante DiVincenzo. It's a it's a weird team, not a weird team, but it's like it's an interesting offseason. They have their core guys. They're just kind of more meddling with the depth guys, with the rotation players. Um, this team is still a cha- you know they could still be in a hunt for the championship next year. No, you would think so. I think so. Um, you know, they're still running it back, and they're still also still able to get. I think just having a dominant trio of Steph, Draymond, and Clay, and then being able having shuffled around um, and got like strong young players like Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, I guess Andrew Wiggins isn't that young anymore, but um, you know, being able to pick up guys like James Wiseman, Dante Divincenzo, you know, I think. They have got potential to, you know, obviously their player development's really good as well. Um, so I think they'll, just, they'll be as good as they were last year. They're not losing anybody key to their team. Um, you know, they still got Kevon Looney. Um, you know, I think they'll just run it back. Yeah, yeah. Wiseman, Kaminga, Poole. 
yeah we'll see how the the guys develop and you know i'm sure they will develop as well also also part of you know one of my favorite nicknames uh ptsd to describe uh curry thompson uh draymond and pool ptsd i it's hilarious i i really like that one i think that, that's probably one of my favorites um all right, from the top of the West to arguably the bottom of the West, uh, the Houston Rockets, who have uh, a bunch of guys on their team. They do have guys on their team. They, they have a bunch of dudes, um, is how I would describe Houston. Um, I mean, Porter and Green, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., that's not a bad, you know, one-two guard combination. Mm-hmm. Unless you, you know, think Eric Gordon is in that. Point is, listen, they're also going through a rebuild. Um, they, they, they have a lot going on in Houston. I'm not quite sure what to make of them uh, this upcoming season. Um, they took the kid from Auburn, right? Jared, Jalen? Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith, that's the kid. Uh, Because Bancaro and then Chip went one, two. Mm. You know, they might not be good next year, but they they might be entertaining at times. Yeah, I think Jalen Green definitely had like a slow start to the season, um, just adjusting to kind of the physicality of the NBA. Uh, For somebody who does get a lot of points off driving and you know trying to get into the paint um i think you know just being like a smaller kind of six four guard it is kind of tough to adjust to the nba if you're not russell westbrook level athleticism or derrick rose level athleticism uh, when you come into the nba but you know i think jalen green will have a better year this year than he did last year um he did actually play so well in the second half of the season that they snubbed, they snubbed Josh Giddy and put him on the all-rookie team, first team. And Josh Giddy didn't even make an all-rookie team. It's something I'm also mad about. But, um, you know, I, I just think, like, the voters just don't like TikTok. That's, that's what it comes down to. The, 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 the Bill Simmons types just aren't, haven't figured out TikTok yet, the, 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 the voters. Yeah, you know, if they saw more Josh Giddy TikToks, I think they would have voted for him. Um, I think he just a TikTok following. Again, you know, I don't know that they're going to be good next year, but Houston does have some pieces that could be fun to watch. Yeah, I think will be be interesting. Yeah, picking up Jabari Smith, I think, is probably the correct option. Um, I don't really, I didn't really look at the prospect this year. Like, I know Jabari Smith is like a quite a good shooter. Um, he was kind of hovering around the 40% from three mark at 610. Um, you know, kind of ideal getting a flex player, flex forward that can uh, shoot the ball, um, good on defense. You know, it's kind of kind of the NBA meta right now, getting tall guys who can shoot. Um, you know, I think that'll work out really well since just spreading the floor for Jalen Green and Kevin Porter being able to, you know, having more ISO plays. Um, we'll see how Jabari Smith develops because having a strong defensive guy on the Rockets would definitely help. And, you know, with Houston, 
there's not really any pressure to be good. They just like I think if you're a Rockets fan, obviously you're you're disappointed with how things ended with Harden and Paul and all that. But at the same time now it's like, hey, we have like three, four young players, three and a half like young players who are like really fun to watch and you can just enjoy seeing the development and growth from those guys. Yeah. And they you know you're just you know you're you're just happy to be around. You're just happy to you know to be there. Um, speaking of teams rebuilding, Indiana. Um, I, I like Indiana. I kind of like what, what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, you would think that Miles Turner is raw. Well, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are like the last two pieces that they're really cool parting with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got Halliburton. Uh, they got some draft capital. Yeah. Yeah, I did see somewhere that um, they the Suns and Pacers were kind of locked in on that trade, centering on like Aiton for Heald and Miles Turner. Um, we'll see how that goes, you know, because not every report's true, like true, or you know, not everything pans out the way they want it. Maybe they can't reach like a full agreement. Like, hey, we think this is a cool deal. We're definitely interested, but we want this guy or we want this as well. Um, you never know how those kind of work out and and i mean you know they they got their own first round pick this upcoming year uh they basically have boston's first round pick i mean boston it is lottery protected but you would think the you know the celtics are going to be good so that pick's probably going to indiana um the cleveland pick is lottery protected but you would think the cleveland cavaliers are going to be good next year so that one's probably going to indiana you know they're, they're setting themselves up nicely depending on should they want to either rebuild or kind of like what you mentioned with Aiton, they could put an Aiton, you know, right now. And I, I think they're probably a playoff team. Yeah. You would think. Um, or at the same time, they could also just go like way deep in the rebuild and just get more draft capital uh, for heal. Like you would think healed and, you know, if, if if Brogdon is getting a first round pick, probably Miles Turner and Heald are getting first. Like, yeah, there's some GMs who would do that. Yeah, I think if anything, it, there would be like a play in kind of team. I yeah, think you know, I think Tyrese Halberton will continue to improve, and I think he will become a top point guard in the league. Uh, you know, I think just rebuilding around him right now, him and I guess Chris Duarte. Um, they picked up Jalen Smith, which is a nice pickup. Like a young center with like potential. Um, they picked up Benedict Maturin in the draft. You know, six six forward. Um, you can insert him right away in, on the lineup. Um, you know, efficient scorer, strong three point shooter. Um, just, just basing the more floor more for Halberton. Um, I'm kind of excited for Maturin because he's a pretty smart player. Um, sh- Canadian guy. Shout out Canadian guys. Um, you know he's quite he's quite a like he's very like quick player like explosive um like a, a good athleticism um you know he he made mostly plays like off the ball i guess in arizona he wasn't he didn't really make too many shots for himself but he was really good at playing off the ball and i hope his ability to make plays you know like shooting pulling up shooting um kind of just expanding his game a bit more i think he'll be a really strong player Again, kind of like with Houston, with all these guys like Mathurin, um, 
you know, Halliburton, even if they decide to keep Miles Turner, Chris Duarte, like you said, there's not a lot of pressure, it feels like, on Indiana, kind of like with Houston. Like, like nobody's expecting the world of um, – nobody's expecting the world of the Pacers. Nobody's expecting them to go, you know, win every night. People understand, or at least I think most reasonable, reasonable people would understand that, you know, they're rebuilding, they're trying to get better. Um, you know, they're trying to just add assets, but not really through free agency because it's really tough for them to get. People aren't going out of their way to go to Indianapolis mm-hmm. usually, right? So you can't, for Indiana, you kind of have to build through the draft. And, you know, I feel like they're doing it the right way. But I also would understand if they are like, you know what, we're going to, you know, kick this rebuild into high gear and we're going to go get, you know, DeAndre Ayton and we're just going to have our big center. And, and if they want to do like pick and roll with him and Halliburton or whatever, I could totally see it. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Indiana is a team where it's like, you know, I feel good about them. I feel good with what they're doing. Yeah. Speaking about. I don't know if I feel good about this team, actually. Um, the LA Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a team who is overrated, overhyped, uh, haven't won jack shit ever. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Stop, stop me at any point if I'm wrong on the Clippers and if you think I, I, I'm out of, out of line in saying all this. Um, this is a team that is, is probably going to get eliminated in the first or second round again. They're not going to make the finals. And it's going to be another you know disappointing year for Kawhi and Paul George. That, those are my Clippers hot takes. Okay, okay. You know, I'm really excited to see the seven games that John Wall, Kawhi, and Paul Jordan. <laughs> um, you know, I am very excited. I love John Wall. Um, I think having him and Paul George and Kawhi, it's pretty cool to see. Like, if this was like 2016, I would be like, "Holy shit!" But um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of cool that John Wall is able to get to like a contending team. Um, not on the, he's not on the Wizards. It's he's not on the Wizards, which is not on the Wizards, and he's not on the Rockets, so it's a win. Um, you know, I think it. I think they actually do have a very good team. They're able to get a lot of like good players on their team. Just kind of their scout ability to trade and kind of scout out which players they want on their team. Like picking up Robert Covington, Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson, somebody that people thought was kind of like a questionable pickup to somebody like just keep the bench warm. And he ended up being the starting point guard for the Clippers. Just, you know, just worked, worked his ass off, got better. Um, you know, uh, Zubak. They have a lot of, like, strong players, players that are, like, very good at what they do. Like, not necessarily if they're not all, like, all-stars or, like, top-tier players, but they all do what they do very well. And then they have Kawhi and Paul George, who just really have never been healthy together. Um, you know, the one year that they were both in the playoffs together was the – bubble and Paul George just had it it's still like getting over injuries and he had like mental issues in the bubble um you know Kawhi Kawhi that was the only time in the playoffs where Kawhi really like choked um 
the problem yeah. with, the, the, the problem with that team is that and I'm referring to that year, but I guess you could make the argument this has been like Clippers team since Paul George and Kawhi joined the Clippers. This team feels like the most entitled um, team where it's like, it feels like they they play or they act like they've won championships, like they've won titles. And the only guy on this team who can re- reasonably do that is Kawhi. Because mm. nobody else on this team has won shit. Actually, yeah. that's a lie. Norm's won a title. True. Didn't Norm win a title with Toronto? Yes, sir. Yeah. So Norm, you know what? Norm can like half act like that. Like Norm can like sort of act cocky because he's Norman Powell. But Robert Covington and Marcus Morris have no business like acting like they've won a championship before. I think this team is actually going to be really good. Um... You, you know what? Let, let, let's make a bet. I think this team, like, how far do you think this team, this team isn't winning 50 games this year. Really? They're winning uh, 60? No. No, they're winning, like, 47, 48. Okay. I okay. take the under on 50. Take the under on 50? That's, I think that's pretty safe. Uh, I'll take the over on 50 just because I like the Clippers. I like this team uh, that they put together. Um. You know, it just depends on how healthy people are. Like, I think a lot of players, these players have struggled with injuries. Um, I think altogether, like, this team would be very strong. And Teron Lou's been a great coach. He's been getting this team to the playoffs without its two best players. With Reggie Jackson as, like, the man. Um, that is true. I got, I, I'll get, you, you are right in that. The fact that Reggie, like, is, like, the guy they run the offense around. Well, like, yeah, it they works. Had Jackson, and then they had half a season, less probably like about like less than half a season of Norman Powell, and like half a season of Robert Covington, and they still managed to get to the play. And um, you know, unfortunately, they they didn't make the playoffs, but you know, like it's just they're just that close, even without their two best players. You know, Paul George did come back for the playing games, but it was like literally his first game kind of games being played um you know i think john wall will make a huge difference i think Kawhi leonard obviously makes a ginormous world of difference um you know i think they will do well i there is part of me that is rooting for john wall to do well but not over uh goggles king reggie jackson i think there's definitely potential for them to play alongside each other like i know right now um Reports are kind of in that they're kind of competing with each other in training camp for the point guard starting spot. But I just think the lineup's just so versatile, having like Kawhi and Paul George, similar to like Tatum and Brown, where you kind of flip flop from round two to four. Um, you know, and they cover defend multiple positions. I think John Wall, John Wall's six, six, three, six, four. He could definitely guard the two spot. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot of ways they can play around the lineups. They'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Speaking of teams that'll figure it out, uh, the LA Lakers, um, our teams. Um, Would you like to go first? No, you you should go. I don't know where to start with this team. Okay. Um, well, it's kind of hard to say what's going to happen because they are definitely shopping Westbrook. They're apparently not shopping AD, which might 
which would probably not allow them to do the the AD Westbrook swap for Irving and Durant that everyone's so excited to see. I I've heard I've heard of uh, Westbrook and AD for uh, Durant and Simmons. I've heard, I've seen that deal. I I think you need Kyrie in that deal. I think I think in any deal, any Lakers Nets deal right now, you need to get Kyrie. I think you're right. Um. Yeah, I think Kyrie is the way to go. I think just having a guy that will actually is willing to play and contribute with LeBron on his team. Uh, LeBron will definitely hold him accountable, and I don't think Kyrie will be pissed off as much. Um, he'll definitely take time off. He'll definitely have his paid vacation time. But, um, you know, it's kind of hard to see what the Lakers are going to do. I think I, Darvin Ham has been talking about how excited he is to have Russell Westbrook in his system. Yeah, whatever his system seems to be, I'm not I'm not fully aware of it. I think I'm hoping that he does use Westbrook a lot more than last year. Getting, I think realistically, even though LeBron is LeBron, he should be playing off the ball to Westbrook. I just think like the dynamic of Westbrook being off the ball versus LeBron being off the ball. I think LeBron off the ball is way more impactful. Um, and I think it was weird for Vogel to kind of do that. I think. You know, he's been playing through LeBron for a few years now and just having just didn't really know how to utilize Westbrook. I think just having a coaching difference just makes this team better already. Um, you know, and like getting like a, a, a viable option at center this year um, than Thomas Bryant. I think it'll make a difference. You know, I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. I I I I I saw too many Westbrook bricks of him just either airballing it or just hitting off the side of the backboard, and it's just like, yeah, this isn't working. This isn't fun. Not enjoying this. Um, and you know, I think there's enough teams out there who would take a run at him, mm-hmm. like. Even after this year with LA, if LA decided to get rid of him, I think there's, you know, you could, I think you could convince the Knicks or the Hornets to like try and get Westbrook if you wanted yeah. to go that way. Um, you know, for a while there, I was also on the mindset of like, you know, you could just trade LeBron, you could trade AD, you could really just, you know, blow this up and really rebuild. And then it's like, you know, you know what? If you're not going to be good, at least be chaotic. Mm-hmm. least be entertaining and i think the lakers i don't know how good they're going to be next year you know everybody's a year older i don't know how healthy ad is going to be yeah i don't know about westbrook no idea how that's going to work oh i hope it works well in in in, in um ham system mm-hmm. well you know yeah. I, I i think um we'll see who comes back as well there are a lot of veterans that are free agents right now i think the way they've been picking up players like lonnie walker troy brown um even like last year they picked up kendrick nunn um you know draft they got austin reeves on the team just picking up young guys that can definitely contribute and have a role on the team has definitely been the way to go um like you saw like stanley johnson um kind of just picked him up just to pick him up and he had an immediate impact on the team I like think just having younger guys that you can kind of 
in the organization organization think you know like we can actually use this guy and develop this guy instead of last year's approach where you kind of just get as many veterans that you can i think just having younger players they're going to like hustle they're gonna, the, the i mean the reason you would get veterans is that they don't make mistakes the young players would make um and just have like kind of leadership as well um but there was just no veterans on this team that wanted to go out and play defense and kind of be that guy outside of like Dwight Howard. Um, but, you know, like they just picked up a lot of veterans that never really played defense. Like I think Melo was good. He just didn't contribute on the defensive end. DJ he, Augustine, like Kent Bazemore, it, like these guys did, did not contribute. Wayne Ellington did not contribute on defense in the slightest. Um no, they, they, no, some of those guys didn't give a shit. But, you know, maybe with younger guys, you have younger guys who do give a shit, want to win. Um, you know, that includes maybe Kendrick Nunn back. Yeah. Maybe uh, THT. Yeah. So shout out, uh, shout out Juan Toscano Anderson, dude. He pulled up to the Lakers Summer League game with the Kobe jersey. Um, just respect, man. You'd love to see it. Uh, are the Lakers going to be good next year? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I mean, talent-wise, it, it's tough for me to see them being better than the Clippers. Mm-hmm. But... yeah, I think they will be good. We'll see how they look kind of after the trade deadline, I guess. That's kind of when you probably want to revisit them. There's still lots of questions about Westbrook's future there. Um, kind of who they'll be rolling with heading into playoffs, but and you never know. Like maybe some of these younger guys, like Troy Brown, um, JTA, uh, like um, Lonnie Walker. You know, maybe they'll have a much larger role than we thought. Um, you know, I do. I do want to say I I was a Lonnie Walker guy when he was in San Antonio, so I'm I'm happy to see him get the opportunity now. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty Pippen Jr. Do we think he's got a uh, big do we think he's got a chance uh, with the Lakers? He's nice in summer league. Um, you know, he's on a two-way contract right now. We'll see how much time he's up. Um, you know, he he did look like he's very good off the dribble, good good at finishing, um, just make plays for himself. We'll see how that he can play. You know, in an NBA game versus summer league game, he's kind of been like around 14, 15 points per game, like 50, like fifty percent from the field. Um, you know, I think he'll he'll take time definitely to develop. Um, Max Christie hasn't been super impactful. I kind of I kind of see like why they picked him up. He there's definitely a ton of talent there. Um, I've been really excited about uh, Cole Swider actually. Um, you know, I saw in his draft on his report draft report he didn't get drafted, but he was definitely a sh- sharpshooter and he's been a sharpshooter. He's shooting like you know, 65% plus from three this summer league on like nearly seven attempts per game. Uh, I think he will actually have an an impact on the Lakers roster. And, you know, I I think it would surprise me if he doesn't get a fully guaranteed contract this year or next year. Listen, the young pieces, I, I, I do like, I do like young pieces. Um, Speaking of young pieces, Memphis, next team. I, before we actually talk about the actual Grizzlies, 
Um, I think <laughs> Kenneth Lofton Jr. might be my new favorite player because of how much he resembles what I think I am on the basketball <laughs> court. Just a big guy. Just a big, you know, not the tallest guy, but the biggest guy. And he always he, he find he finds a way to put the ball in the hoop somehow, some way. He finds the ball, find a way to put the ball in the hoop. He is a skilled guy. He reminds me of Zach Randolph, who also played for the Grizzlies. Oh hell yeah! You know, kind of like undersized forward, but you know he's got all the moves and just he's like he's just physically big enough to make like be able to like body people in the paint. We saw him body Chet, Chet the other day. Um, before Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic got to him, which I thought was funny. I've been seeing all those memes about Chet getting destroyed by Joel Embiid or Jokic. Um, <laughs> you know, definitely exposed Chet's biggest weakness in being like 7'1", 150 pounds. But uh, yeah, outside of Kenneth Lofton Jr., I think the Grizzlies are looking pretty damn good. So you got Jaw. You got Desmond Bain, who had a really good year last year. Yeah. You got Dylan Brooks. You know, yeah, all your, all your core guys are coming back. Um, you know, they did, they did get, they did have their kind of surprise um, off the bench. I can't, th- I can't think of his name now. Uh, Brandon Clark. Uh, Brand- not Brandon Clark. It was somebody. It was somebody they just traded. They just traded him to the Sixers. Um, oh, um, uh, DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, DeAnthony Melton. Um, you know, they actually, you know, they I, traded him and got like a first round pick, essentially, in next year's draft, um, and picked up Danny Green, which I thought was a good move. I actually like Melton. I remember when he was coming, like, when I was reading scouting reports on college players. When I was actually, you know, really hardcore into it. And it's like they, they, you know, they said about this the Anthony Melton kid. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, puts his head down and he just works, just grinds. Yeah. He doesn't want the attention. It's like, yeah, that seems like a guy who's you know gonna do well. Yeah. Um, no, Danny Green seems like a good uh, depth piece from you know minute or from Memphis. Like, not a core guy and not quite a grizzly type, if that makes sense. Like he, yeah. like he, but you do acquire him because he can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. And he can, you know, provide some good minutes of shooting off the bench, which I think will help. Yeah. You know, you got you got Tyus Jones as well. You know, this team looks really good. And assuming, you know, your young core of Morant, Bain, Brooks, Jaron Jackson are all taking steps next year. Like, all those guys averaged 15 points or more per game last year. Mm-hmm. Like, assuming all those guys can take another step. Yeah. You know that that's pretty good if you're in Memphis. Yeah, I think just having Danny Green there, even if he's not like super key in the lineup, just having like another veteran. I think what Grizzlies lacked was just having like veterans as well, just people that could kind of have some leadership on the team. Um, you know, Danny Green will definitely provide that. Um, you know, I think obviously losing DeAnthony Melton. You know, he was kind of on an expiring contract. You know, you get a first-round pick back for him, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was still, like, just a good way to not just let him walk. Because um, he was kind of a standout player this year on the Grizzlies. 
But I think the Grizzlies, you know, they are in just a really good position where they're kind of similar to like the Pacers or Rockets, where like if you are do even if you aren't like succeeding a ton, you know, still be happy. Obviously, they went uh, like a second round playoffs. Um, you know, they're just still such a young team, and they've already kind of figured it out in a way. Um, you know, I think just they just keep improving every year. They, they, I don't want to jinx them and say, like, I could see them coming out of the West next year. Mm-hmm. But, man, if they play as well as they did this past year, I could see them coming out of the West. Yeah. I, I could see that happening. Um, any other final thoughts on, on Memphis here? Um. Glad they re-signed Tyus Jones. That was a big concern for me, not having Tyus Jones in the roster next year. Uh, we, you know, we saw their record. We saw them win games against Golden State in a playoff series without John Morant due to you know Tyus Jones being able to fill that role. Um, I think he really does unlock this team a bit more. Just the only issue I have is that he does play the same position as Jaw, takes away the ball from Jaw a bit. Um, so that's kind of why they don't really mesh together. In yeah. a way, but he's just so good at just being efficient with his passes and not just taking care of the ball. Like he's one of the players with the like lowest amount of turnovers, um, you know, in the league. And this is like assist to, I guess, his pass to assist ratio, meaning like how many of his passes results in baskets is just super high. He's just such an efficient passer. Um, and you know, this team had a lot of talent, like, and a lot of guys who can make shots that just having Tyus Jones on the roster just makes their team a lot better, even though he's not even a starting player. Again, depth is so important, especially when you get into the playoffs, right? Like you need to have like those six and seven, eight men who could be important to your success. Um, Let's talk about Miami here for a bit. Um, Again, it looks like I mostly running it back. Are the Heat, um, you know, you got Kyle Lowry, you got Tyler Hero, you got Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Bam, uh, Duncan Robinson. You know, team looks good. I again, they, I could see them going to the finals next year. Uh, you know, if they can put it all together, if they can make it work and play like a team. Yeah. Um, thoughts see, on the Heat? Yeah, we did see kind of like the issues with their team. In the last series, uh, Jimmy Butler was able to kind of carry games as Jimmy normally does in the playoffs. Um, I think just in that like last series, um, you know, obviously the weaknesses kind of came out. Tyler Harrow's inconsistency, Kyle Lowry kind of not meshing into the team at times. Um, you know, just some of, some of the guys just being like Max Drews. Um, Tyler Harrow just being, you know, inconsistent. Bam, not really being aggressive. Um, you know, we saw, like, the issues they have. But, you know, I think they will run it back, probably, unless they can somehow land Durant. I mean, they would still run it, kind of run it back, try and get to the finals again. Um, you know, it just depends. I don't think that Miami is actually a realistic landing spot for Durant. But, um you know, we'll see. 
I think the team definitely has a lot of potential. It's just kind of how do they fix the issues that they had last year? Um, do they have to get new guys? Do they, you know, can they just fix it with coaching? Tough to see. It's funny because if you look at that roster and you look at that collection of individuals, you'd think, oh, yeah, like most GMs would want that. Most, yeah. GM, most GMs would want like Kyle Lowry, Oladipo, Hero, uh, Robert Robinson, um, mm-hmm. Bam, like Jimmy Butler, all those guys. Like the talent's there, talent's in the room. They just have to figure it out. Yeah. Um, you know, they were in the finals uh, 2020 in the bubble. And I think part of us then were like, yeah, this might be the peak Miami. Like, this might be the best we see out of the Heat. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of think, like, they could win a title if they just, you know, get get it together for four rounds. It wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. So, and and I, I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think Durant would go to Miami. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. But... Stranger things have happened. Who knows? Um, the Heat could be a really, a really fun team again next year. They could finish first in the East once again, and it wouldn't be all that surprising to myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we're gonna take another break. We'll be right back. Uh, stay tuned. Don't miss out. Don't go. Don't go anywhere. There it is. All right. Discuss Miami. Let's discuss Milwaukee, the Bucks, who, in all honesty, probably should have got to the finals last year in the Eastern Conference if it wasn't for uh, the Middleton injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they'll pretty much have the same team next year, same core of players. Um, you know, they'll still be a contending team. I don't think much. I think you can just ha- kind of have this year as a write-off, to be honest. Um, you know, Grayson Allen did play quite well this year. Uh, probably exceeded most people's expectations. Just not having Middleton is just a bit huge. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of hoping that they trade um, or somehow get rid of George Hill. I think George Hill's the cursed player. Um, I think you can't win with George Hill. Nothing against George Hill. It's just like I think there's something. There's some kind of curse there. It it it's the the yeah it it the ghost of something. Whatever whatever wherever George Hill goes, something follows him. That's mm-hmm. bad juju. Yep. Um, yeah. Joe Ingles pickups nice. A guy you can shoot and kind of help make plays. Help help set the ball up and get the ball to the right places. Um. I don't think there's much to say. They got they Pat Connaughton. Yeah. No, I, I I'm gonna wait to you. Like they're a championship team. Like they're they they are good enough to run it back. Um, they have all the pieces. They look really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever you want to say about Milwaukee, you can say about them. They're just they're just that good. Yeah. All right. Minnesota. Let's talk about the Gobert trade. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this. Not actually a bad trade. No, no, stop. You're the second person to tell me this. No, that this trade sucks. This trade is awful. Okay, okay. You can go first. You can go first. 
so here, let me let me just so for those who who don't know, uh, I I want to pull this up the all that was involved here because God, I hated this trade like when I first heard it. Um, as someone who like pre COVID said, oh yeah, Rudy Gobert is overrated. I can Ooh. I can find. I can I can replace Rudy Gobert. Um, so Minnesota received Rudy Gobert. The Jazz received uh, Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmero, Walker Kessler, who is the number twenty-two pick in this year's draft, Jared Vanderbilt, five more or less roster players, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2025 first-round pick, a 2026 pick swap a 2027 first-round pick, and a 2029 first-round pick. Essentially, five first-round picks and mm-hmm. five roster players for Rudy fucking Gobert. Yeah, buddy. God, that's a lot for a guy who, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he's in his 30s now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's that old. They, he is thirty, actually. Yeah, thirty. He's been declining for like the last, I don't know, couple years. Mm-hmm. He has four years and a hundred seventy million left. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that, you know. Utah had to, like Utah had to get rid of this guy. Minnesota had more, more most of the leverage, I would say, in this situation. Minnesota had most of the leverage mm-hmm. um, because they knew that Utah had to get rid of either Gobert or Mitchell, and maybe they get rid of Mitchell too. Who knows? But God damn it, five first round, four first round picks in a pick swap for Rudy Gobert, who is. Not even the best player on your team? You know. Um, I think Rudy does help the Wolves in things that they were bad at. He helps in rebounding. He's much but he's very good at helping block shots. Um, he has a ginormous defensive impact. Um and I think it will make up for things like Cat not being a real defensive presence. Um it'll help it'll help uh, with um, you know, Anthony Edwards reaching a bit for to try and get steals a bit too often. Um, you know, it will cover a lot of the defensive lapses that the Wolves had because they're not bad at like closing out and stuff. It's just, I mean, they are kind of bad at closing out, like just trying to like because like they just go try and try for too many steals and they're just not. I think Rudy Gobert really helped his interior defense, which is something that they struggled with. Rebounding, he obviously helped a ton. Um, you know, and they did want to move Cat to that four spot, but it's kind of hard to find like a strong center now for your starting lineup. Um, you know, I, I just think that it was kind of harder to get Aiton versus Gobert. I think for Aiton, they want Phoenix wants somebody that will instantly contribute, not like just picks. Um, you know, I think this team will probably be better than it was last year. Is with the players, Anthony Edwards continue to develop. 
Um, just having a guy that's better on the role, somebody that makes Cat – now Cat can play a role that he's probably going to be better at. Um, I think just the one issue is just the payroll by Rudy and K-Towns. I think it limits um, the role players who you can bring in for the rest of your roster, shape out the rest of your roster. Um, yeah, I think I think it's not as bad as people think. And, you know, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I don't know, man. I, I just if it was if it was me, if I was a GM, and maybe this maybe this is why I'm not a GM, I would be trading five roster players and four first round picks for Rudy Gobert. I think I agree with you. Um and I and I get that, you know, maybe there's some analytics who are, you know, that that favor Rudy. I, I just can't support this. I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. I, 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 and listen, I like Anthony Edwards. I don't even mind D'Angelo Russell. Like, again, you know, I don't even mind D'Lo. This team is not even, a, I don't even think they're a top five team in the West. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, you know, you never, you, we don't really know how this is going to go with the Gobert cat thing. It's a little experimental, you know, putting Cat at the four, seeing how that goes. Um, you know, they definitely have enough shooting to like have, so Rudy Gobert can still impact the game. Um, we'll see how the coach. I think the coaching staff will just have to see how they can work around Rudy Gobert's inability to shoot um, and how he's going to clog up the lane on offense. But I don't think that should be a problem with their team. I'll just say that's a pretty expensive price to do an experiment mm. but hey you know you know watch watch minnesota go make a title run and go make me look like an idiot which is entirely possible mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see uh new orleans pelicans mm-hmm. we, are we they made the playoff last year. Like they, they had a little bit of a run. They, they, you know, challenged Phoenix a little bit last year. Yeah. I think we kind of like where New Orleans is going. The Zion thing is a bit of a weird situation, mm-hmm. but I think for the most part, I, I, I like their some of their pieces. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Pelicans? Um, you know, I think the team works well. I think the CJ McCollum pickup was a little weird to people. Like, just having a team that's kind of trying to just develop, going to be good in a few years. Um, and then just getting CJ was kind of weird. I don't think they gave up that much for CJ, to be honest. Like, just giving up, like, mainly Josh Hart and a little bit of draft, um, a little bit of draft picks. No, I didn't think that was too bad. Um, obviously, CJ's been pretty good. Spread the floor, make plays, make plays for his teammates, put the ball on the hoop. Some, so they just needed somebody else who could do that outside of Ingram. Um, you know, Ingram was hurt at the start of the year, so his team wasn't very good at the start of the year, obviously. You know, they came back. Um, guys like Herbert Jones. Um, Herbert Jones really like a huge surprise, I think. And so was Jose Alvarado. Just kind of the surprise players stepping up. Jonas was solid the whole year. Um, 
you know, I think they'll just improve. And I think they just had to kind of get Zion. Like, can you just give up Zion? Like, what are te- they probably looked at what other teams might want to give up for Zion? Um, obviously, the market probably wasn't there since he has low games, low amount of games played in his career. But you know, I think he will be able to have a immediate impact on his return, and it'll fit right into the lineup. It'd be nice if Zion could get get in because you know. But I, you would you would think it would give them more scoring, which is I think what this team is missing is just the scoring. They did well de- defensively last year, but I think you're still just looking for that you know another yeah. score. And CJ had 22 points last year. He averaged 22 points. Brandon Ingram 23 points. Jonas 18 points. Um, you know if you can get Zion in and you know Zion gets you 18 to 20 points, that would be. That would be an, a, a noticeable upgrade over somebody like Jackson Hayes. No offense to Jackson yeah. Hayes, who I think is a you know solid rotation player. But if you could get Zion in instead of Jackson Hayes, that would be a, a, a great great improvement. Zion again. I, I yeah, you, you mentioned. I don't know what their trade market for him would be. I don't know what his value would be uh, if you tried to get rid of him. I mean. I I would love to see a team like I don't know if you could do the Rudy Gobert price for Zion, mm-hmm. but it's interesting. Like this team, I think it's in a really good spot. I, I think they have some good pieces. And you mentioned Herb Jones. That's a dude I didn't even know existed until like the playoffs started. Yeah, and then he like actually was playing well in the postseason. And was a you know useful part on useful piece for the Pelicans. It's just like oh, shit. Okay, sure. This this works. Um, yeah. Play playoff team next year or play in team. Um, I think it depends on Zion and just how other teams do. I would say play in team would be yeah. safe. Um. You know, it's kind of hard to kind of guess. I don't feel like that many West teams got worse. If anything, more of them are better now. The Clippers are better now. Denver's going to be healthier. Um, I mean, Utah's going to drop out. San Antonio's going to drop out. I think it's, they could easily get, like, an actual playoff spot this year if they play well, and they have Ingram healthy for a full season. But, um, yeah, you just don't know how Zion will fit in or if he'll – play this year that much um i would say somewhere between six to eight okay i like that i think that's fair all right uh the knicks sell me on the knicks can you can you make a case on the knicks being possibly good next year 